Michelle Peremsky. And I'm Pastor Ron Wee. And you're listening to 180 Your Life, the grief empowerment podcast that helps you craft a life you love after loss. So today we are talking about the, the casserole, casserole killer, part four. So in part four of this part of this five-part podcast series, we're going to talk about coordinating with the coroner and coordinating child care. Uh, we did touch on that really in our last podcast briefly about coordinating with the coroner and making sure that you get at least you get the right number of uh, death certificates so that you can submit them to different um, uh, people who, you know, you have bills insurance that you're paying, companies insurance too. companies for life insurance, um, for your for certain credit cards that you, you will need to submit a death certificate and you probably need at least 20 of them yeah. so that sometimes um, these companies want... Uh, an original death certificate with the original seal on it, and you don't ha want to have to wait um, weeks to get more death certificates uh, delivered. Um, secondly, I think it's really important to talk about the process, like if you have life insurance. Um, if you're looking at life insurance, you want to you know, read your policy, number one, and be aware of what your rights are. Like, unfortunately for, well, it's odd to say this, but in my life insurance policy, I didn't even know that there was a suicide clause. Um, and it was a two-year clause, and we had it for three and a half years, the, the life insurance policy. So when my husband passed away, we did have provision. Um, and I would never suggest that um, anyone would ever use that kind of provision in that way. Yes. Um, but at the same time, you need to be aware of what your policy is and what your rights are if the unforeseen happens mm -hmm. um, and, and what the process is. So usually what will happen is that um, if it's an unexpected death or if there's a death, um, the coroner, the, the body goes to be um, possibly for a, autopsy. an autopsy. Mm -hmm. And then um, the coroner will create the death certificate, and then that goes to your funeral home, and then you can request through the funeral home a certain number of death certificates, and you have to pay for them, and then they get delivered to you. Mm -hmm. And then you use those death certificates to um, connect with your life insurance company, um, with different credit card companies or different um, loan companies uh, to close those accounts. Um, exactly. Right. And and the process, like for me, when I got life insurance, um, it wasn't a few weeks. It was several months. So what can happen is that you may, if, if the main breadwinner has, or one of the main breadwinners has passed away, um, you may, friends may need to set up a GoFundMe account to help with the interim of lack of income for a few months because it provide can... Provide a bridge, yes. To provide a bridge, exactly. Yes. Um, so that's what I'm thinking in terms of coordinating with the coroner. Um, and then I think another thing that we really need to talk about is childcare. And I'm not just talking about babysitting. Mm -hmm. This is about children who are going through loss, especially if it's the loss of a parent or an immediate family member. And what can happen in the bustle of grief, you've got people coming in from out of town, you've got a lot of activity as you're preparing yes. for the memorial service, and the kids can get lost. The kids, sometimes meals are missed. 
because everyone is in in chaos in like and triage in mode. Too. Yeah, they're yeah. they're shock. They're it's like a triage situation, mm-hmm. and you really need to designate someone to be aware of the children. So the children are getting proper food, not just candy and cookies and cake. Mm-hmm. That they're getting the proper food. That that the schedule is maintained so that they're going to bed at a certain time because children need the order. I mean, you're a, a, a licensed therapist. What suggestions do you have, Ron, for child care? Well, when you have child care, you've got to have people that aren't as traumatized as you are with the death. You've mm. got to have someone who's thinking clearly so that they don't say things to children that will uh, come back to haunt them. Uh, things like, well, you've got to be strong for your mom or your dad. Yeah, like you can't cry. Yeah, that's not don't okay. don't cry. Yeah, that's... that's that's horrible. That's not that, natural. You have to cry. Yeah. Something horrible has happened. Yes. It's okay to cry a lot. Right. <laughs> exactly. And they've got to be uh, aware that the kids need a break from it. Yes. You cannot have that kind of intensity uh, all the time with a child. Right. They, they play and grieve and play and grieve. So they actually need to go to the park. They are still children, so they need to go outside, they need to play, and then there will be times that they're ready to grieve. And doesn't that grief come out? Sometimes it comes out as aggression. Yes. It comes out as misbehavior. Yes. What do you do? Because you want to give space for the child to grieve, but you don't want to reinforce bad behavior. Um, You understand it, and then once the episode is over, you, you talk with them. What was going on? How are you feeling? What, what's just happening? It's, and then you normalize it for them. It just says, well, I would be very upset if what just happened happened to me. Mm-hmm. You know, and just normalize what they're feeling, what they're, what they're saying. Because sometimes they just don't say anything. They just sit in silence. That's the other one. And sometimes it's okay to just sit down with the kid. And eventually the kid might say something to you. Or they just might cry, or they just put, you know, some littler ones will get in your lap. So be open to that. And when you're choosing someone who's providing that kind of child care, choose someone who's going to be compassionate with this child, who understands a little bit of what, what they're going through, who isn't there to fix them or to uh, do anything except help them uh, grieve, help them eat, help them sleep help them do the basic things because they're not capable of doing that right now. They've just had a one whale of a, of a wallop in this right. uh, grief process and have, they don't have adult-like coping skills developed yet. So you're basically having this awful thing that just happened uh, on top of a child who cannot begin to process it. So you need other adults around them to help them process you know, when my, my oldest daughter, because I was pregnant with one when mm-hmm. my husband died and then my other was almost three, my oldest daughter did not leave my side for 90 days. I mean, I did not do one thing by myself for 90 days. Oh, yeah. Because she said to me one time, I'm afraid you're going to disappear like daddy, which just broke my heart. Because for her, daddy just disappeared. Right. And she didn't want her other parent to disappear so I just accepted it you know Mm -hmm. if I was in the shower she wanted to be she was right outside the shower the shower curtain holding one hand (laughs) I was like 
okay, it's okay. Or or she had one hand like in that shower while I was there. Hey, that's okay because that is, that was a major loss. Um, What are other things that people should not say to children? You're right. We want to fix it. We want to make it okay. Grief is messy. It's a major transformational process, this journey. And it's not going to be fixed in a day. Right. There's nothing that you can say to fix it. You can only walk through this journey with them to help them transform in their own time. Yes. Well, the one thing that you, you mentioned, you were alluding to, is is the, the phrase, you're going to have to take care of your mommy or your daddy now. No. Now, you're talking about a child that is uh, that doesn't have any coping skills, who just has been wiped out, and you're asking them to do adult function at this level. And they're hurt. They've lost a major... Yes. It could be a parent. They've yes. lost someone, or it could be a sibling, God forbid. Absolutely. You know, and now the, the child has to take care of the parent. That is way too much pressure, and that robs them of their childhood, doesn't it? Exactly. And a lot of mental health and substance abuse problems come out of uh, being told that they had to do something they could not possibly do or not possibly do right. And so they have... Being these, a child. Being a child, and they've got this raising their siblings or taking care of business as if they were a spouse or semi-spouse or pseudo-spouse even. And they couldn't do anything except fail at it. So they figure their failures because they weren't able to do what they were told to do after mom or dad died. Right. So saying you have to take care of your parent now, let's not say that, right? That's not a good idea. Or, you know, God just needed your parent in heaven. No. No. You know, don't try to fix it. Just try to be there. Be there, comfort them, provide for them, make sure they're fed, make sure they sleep. Mm-hmm. Um, just sit next to them. And listen. Yes. It's so hard and uncomfortable, isn't it? Yes. Because you, you want to fix, you want to make like it's all going to be okay. And I'm not, I mean, that was comforting for me, for people to tell me that Jason was in heaven. Absolutely. Because I, you know, I knew that he was. Yes. But... To have them say, well, God just needed another flower in his garden. No. No. <laughs> you know, he's got enough flowers. He's got a bunch of flowers. He didn't need the my father flower. of my children. You know, yeah, right. no. Don't try to fix it. Just try to be there and help in practical ways and right. listen. And you know what? If you say something wrong, that's okay. That's okay. Yes. Just say you're sorry. I'm sorry. You know what? I don't know what to say in this situation. I just want to be here for you. And just showing up. That's like 90% of the battle. Yes. Just showing up, being in community and connection. That's what's important. Yeah, don't run away from the grieving. Right. Yeah, show up and be there. And you don't have to say a whole lot. Right. And you know what? There are organizations like here in Atlanta, katesclub.org, oh, yes. K-A-T-E-S-C-L-U-B.org. That's an organization for children who've lost a parent or a sibling. And I got to tell you, I would ta- I would send people to Kate's Club but I didn't actually go myself because I was like, I don't need your yaya group for sadness. And that's not what it was. Boy, was I mistaken. And until my daughter, my oldest daughter, she started asking questions about her father's death. And when she asked me if he intended to die, I had to decide whether or not I was going to tell her the truth. And I did at that moment. I figure if she's old enough to ask, she's old enough to know, mm-hmm. and that we would deal with the fallout. I didn't want exactly. her to ever think that I would lie to her. 
And we, it, her anger, her resulting anger and frustration drove us to Kate's Club. And because we were there at six years old, it helped us process our grief in a healthy way, in a productive way, in a way that we didn't have to be afraid of the elephant in the room. It became part of the landscape of our lives right. in a way that we use leverage our loss into leadership to help others. And my children do it too. So that's the important element of sometimes children who are going through loss, they may be the only child in their whole school that's going through that kind of a loss, like the loss of a parent or a sibling. And they need to be with other children and play with other children who get that kind of loss. They're not going to talk about it all the time, but if they need to, they have the friends that, who will understand and they won't feel isolated. So look for those kind of communities, right. in, you know, for those kind of groups in your community. It is vital. And, of course, now we go to Kate's Club. We love Kate's Club. You know, I may have a group for widows, but my children go to Kate's Club because they need that community of children who understand that kind of loss and who have um, people who are experts in helping children through loss. So make sure to look for those communities and connect with them because they're going to empower your grief journey in a way you never, you know, you could never have imagined. Yes. Um, so I think that, you know, making sure that the children have a schedule, that they have food, that they have people to listen to them, not try to fix, fix the problem, yes. play with them, and to connect them with communities that understand their kind of loss from a child's perspective. I think these are really wonderful steps to help empower loss. Absolutely. Well, that's all we have for today. Um, in our next, in our final uh, series for week one, the Grief Cheat Sheet, the first week um, top ten list, we're going to be covering designating someone to prep clothes for memorial service and um, talking further about how kids can play and connect. So thank you so much for joining with us. Yes. If you'd like to learn more, you can visit us at 180yourlife. That's 180yourlife.com. You can sign up for our or subscribe to our grief classes. We have a whole list of um, empowering video-based professional broadcast quality grief courses that you can um, access. We have a whole year's worth of grief classes for women. We have cooking courses, healthy eating, healthy exercising, all for only $8 a month. And your $8 helps support this kind of programming that we're creating and widow empowerment meetings and exercise classes. Um, also, if you'd like to make a tax-deductible donation, you can visit us at 180-that's-180-yourgrief.org, and you can make a tax-deductible donation there. Just click on the button that says Donate. God bless, and we'll talk to you next time. Once again, to turn tragedy to triumph through health, hope, and healing after loss, join us for 180 Your Life. Take care.